With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. This is okay. Finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs! Lucas Moura clips it, oh great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Yo, people, welcome back to another episode of the New Spurs Order. Um, it's a bit of a mixed cast today. Uh, we've got some ever present, and we've got one new disgraceful face that uh, we'll, we'll touch on in a second. <laughs> But you know what? Let me let me go through the regulars, man. Um, Yao, Scott Hall, what you say, man? What's good? How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I've taken my yearly hiatus from um, from football. I'm just here to insult the club, really. Uh, I have to obviously meet my contractual obligations to Touchline and to the NSO. Mm. Um, so I'm here, and I'm here to to hand my my weekly insults. As I like to do. <laughs> Don't worry, trust me. You're gonna the, the topics we've got today. You're definitely gonna have your opportunity to to have your 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 bag of insults out, man. And listen, we'll we'll get um, Booker T on in a second. But um, I feel like it's, it's it would be it would be shameful of me to not introduce that person I was talking on at the start. So you know, what? I'm gonna let you introduce yourself, Hyrule, man. Um, 
Talk to us. Let the listeners know who you are, just for their benefit, when it comes to the new Spurs order. Tell us, tell us a bit about yourself, mate. Yeah, so um, my name is um, IAS. Um, some people refer to me as as Hael, Hael, Kwesi. Um, but, you know, I sh- really, in terms of football in circles, um, professional football in circles, I'm known as IAS. I like <laughs> But you're not. The, um, you are not known as I. <laughs> <laughs> I like. The, um, yeah, I mean, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I'm I'm often seen as a tactical, a visionary, um, and effectively, I guess, a scout, really. So um, there's, there's a lack of shame here, you know. <laughs> um, I've, 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 um, in terms of like my background and history, I'm one of the first people to have identified Gareth Bell back in 2000 and. Oh my God, you are disgraceful. It's really somebody that could go on and play in advanced positions and dominate the league and dominate in world football. Um, I identified Luis Suarez quite early as well, back in really around 2011. Um, I've since obviously gone on to identify many other things that we'll talk about over the duration of um, the discussion, I'm sure, but... Yeah, man, I'm just a I'm 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 a I'm a, I'm a football lover. Um, unfortunate as to Spurs for my sins. Um, Why are you lying? Many You're people Spurs, don't man. know that I have ties to Man United and <laughs> Arsenal and Arsenal. <laughs> no, no, I have a lot of respect <laughs> for Arsenal, um, <laughs> but I very, I very much dislike them. And this Toby guy. For I don't know two years, has been talking about how I like to give Arsenal and Arteta the got got three three thousand <laughs> all this crap. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You gonna say pause after that? Pause. <laughs> wow! Wow! That's what, saying, That's what he's been saying, but yeah, but where's the point? Like you got there has to be a pause and meet. Like wow, dog. There, there was a lot of space yeah, 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 between nah, that. that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I, I've spoken quite a lot about like just footballing projects that I, that I that I see as um go like headed in the right direction, and that was one of them. Unfortunately, it was one of them. It's one that me and Toby have had some tensions and frictions over, but it is what it is. But yeah, man, I'm I'm very pleased to finally be here. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Like, we're pleased to have you, man. Oh, I mean, obviously, always. your name, Welcome, your name is IAS, but um, the fans don't know that you've got pending beside it in brackets. Because <laughs> <laughs> big man, so you know, let's hey, take time, innit? So, 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 hi, before I, you know, let me introduce Tops first. So, Tops, aka Booker T, what are you saying, man? How how are you? Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Um, always, always good to be back on. It's been a minute, but. Yeah, man, I'm here, man. I'm here, I'm here. Nice, man. And, um, Hyle, before we get into it, I think, mm. obviously, you can go with IAS if you want. I'm not going to call you IAS. And if I am going to call you IAS, I'm going to call you I am skunked. I am scary. Yeah, when you say I, I am shady. That was crazy. But if you, in case you didn't notice, we, we've got a theme, yeah? Um, where everyone has like a, a name associated with with wrestling, 
of course, yeah. like New World Order, etc., yeah. etc. So it's up to you if you want to go with the same theme. I think it would be desirable, but it's not mandatory, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You do as you please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's cool. I'm, I, listen, I grew up wrestling was I was I was obsessed with wrestling to the point that I um <laughs> I wrote a I wrote a full WWE Raw um script for a whole entire episode when I was like fourteen. Nah, you're I, sent taking it, the piss. I sent it to my friend. He was like, "Send it to Vince McMahon. This is dope. Send it to Vince." <laughs> so <I> was, <laughs> <laughs> he he was older. Than, he was older than me. He was, he was mugging me off. He was taking. He was just taking the piss in it, but. He was like, yeah, send it to Vince. Vince will love it. Like, and and you might get, you know, get this in turn into an episode. But I was I was obsessed. Who was I obsessed with? Do you know it was my guy Kane, man? Kane just took over my whole life. So I might have to do a Kane thing. It might be a thing. Mm, right? Okay. Yeah, it sounds right. And it you makes know. sense. Yeah, you're you're here for you're here for destruction and anarchy. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. It makes yeah, sense, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kane mm. and Kane. Interesting. Easy. Interesting, interesting. Okay, you can go. With, you, can go with Kane off, you, you know, that's a different day for a different story. Here, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, before we actually get into to the agenda, let me actually bring in our, our, our guest as well. So um, for those who are listening, um, I've just added Andre Ginola to the to the stream, a.k.a. the son of David Ginola. Andre, man, how are you doing, man? You OK? Can you hear me for starters? Can you hear me? You there? Is he there? Is he frozen? Black screen right now. I think he's frozen. Well, Andre's going to join us in the stream when he gets his his um, his mic and his camera sorted. But until he does, um, I'll remove him out of it. And listen, let's just get straight into into the agenda because we spent a lot of time socialising, but we can't put off Spurs forever. So we're going to have to talk about Tottenham for once, actually. So. Let's talk, because in Spurs' most recent game, we ended up with a win, three points, and even more surprisingly, we ended up with a clean sheet. Now, <laughs> I know we all watched the game, and it was a very, very scary performance that did nothing to quell any sort of <laughs> any sort of doubts on this team's capabilities of getting top four. But Booker T, I'm going to come to you first, man. Um, give me your your assessment of the actual game because there was there was a lot of talk afterwards as well. Oh, Conte obviously put his Instagram post, and everyone's like, "Oh no, he does care about the club." Spurs are back on winning ways, three points up top four. What was your take on that game, the result, and and what it means for our season? Mm, what was my take on the game? Um, beforehand. Honestly, I had nothing really positive to, to, to really say on the team. Um, I would actually say that, you know, and I really don't say this lightly, we were going into that game relegation form. Six out of the, the previous 10 losses. Uh, in those 10 games, 21 goals conceded. Uh, mixed performances, first and second half. So to be honest with you, against... What I don't think is an amazing Fulham side, but it's a side that seemed to be somewhat, somewhat in form. I thought um, London derby, uh, I really do not know which which kind of Tottenham will turn up. And to be honest with you, um, for the first half an hour, uh, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't moved. I wasn't 
I wasn't moved at all. Uh, we started the game very hesitant. They seemed to realise that they could get a lot of chances um, by creating crossing opportunities into Mitrovic. So they really bombarded our our um, our box with crosses, which, to be fair, Romero, um, Davies and Dyer seemed to deal with fairly well. Um, didn't really seem that there was much synergy in our pivot. Um, and obviously, um, up top, outside of Kane, we weren't, we, we weren't really creating anything on the right for Kulu. And obviously, we weren't keeping the ball um, with our current left winger. So, it was a real difficult half, to be honest with you. But um, there were moments that we did get on the ball. And when we did, in the latter part of the half, we did seem to create and get ourselves back into the game. And, you know, uh, like Kane has been doing this season, managed to uh, create a goal almost from nothing, to be honest with you. Um, a very, very good goal, to be honest, that I think he basically worked for himself. And to be honest with you, he, he has done this season for us, um, you know, scoring his 266th goal, um, his 16th this season in 21, 18 in all competitions. Um, second half was cagey. Um, there were lots of little things that I kind of saw from our performance that I was kind of happy with and some things that I wasn't happy with. But in the end, uh, we managed to keep the clean sheet in a London derby and piss off back to North London. So, yeah, um, not amazing, but not shit either. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, I'm going to give you your first opportunity to cuss some mofos. Um Emerson, Emerson Royale, he he popped up with a goal against Man City, put in a relatively decent performance by Emerson standards, and then followed it up with another decent performance. And I, you know, our, you know, some of our fans like Clockwork. It's uh, oh, Emerson, two good games. Um, maybe he should start switch to a back four, play him right back. Um, what is your response to the supposed Emerson remontada, please? Delete him. <laughs> That's it. Just, just delete the guy. That's all I got for you. That's all I got for you. Delete him. Yeah. Okay. Delete you. But like, like, <laughs> let me, let me even, let me even add to that a little bit. Yeah. Let's, let's think about this. We've had this guy for what? How long have we had him now? Two seasons, so this this would be his second season, yeah, in full. We've had it for two seasons. Um, I, I I see I see what Gorgida said. Um, he can't make his way to the top of the stick because right now he should already be at Seven Sisters. Like this this guy shouldn't even be present anywhere near this freaking stadium. Here's the problem we have: we have too many fans that. For, for whatever reason it is, and I can't tell you why, yeah, but all it takes in this Spurs team is for somebody to have a half-decent game. I think a lot of our fans have, they've struggled. <laughs> Yo, big man, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you from this point on, what I'm about to say, people, if your ears are open, if this relates to you, don't come after me. This is going to be some very hot stuff. I think a lot of our fans 
are mediocre. They're mid. They're mid in everything they do in their life. They don't choose to excel to the heights of what they want to do. And therefore, when they look at our players, even the mid ones, if the mid ones give them just something, that's enough to quench the love in their heart for Spurs. But I am not one of those fans. I aim for the highest of the highs. Did I choose to, to support Spurs? Yes, I did. Was that a bad decision? One million percent. Can it turn around? <laughs> of course it can. Does that affect me as a man? Freaking achieving what I need to do in life? No, because I'm the greatest yow walking this bloody <laughs> earth. But all the mediocre sons of twats that support Spurs and sit there and think, oh, you just need to put your face into it. You just need to run and show him a little bit like this. You need to show him to the bar line. I need every single one of you fans to recognise this face. It's violent season from this point on. If you see me in the stadium, don't talk to me about football. Because you, man, don't know what you're talking about. I'm on real immense crud from this day forth. Emerson, Hoiberg, Dyer, Davis, drunken master Luis, broken son, None of these men can survive past this summer. Not a single one of these bastards can survive past this summer. And there is one kid that I'm specially holding back all my rage for. He has been a suspect for two years <laughs> and is yet to see jail. He has yet to be convicted for his damn crimes. But this man will go to jail this summer. If this club does not get rid of Session, the violence I'm going to let loose in that stadium is going to be unimaginable. I will boo this guy from the immediate entrance of this stadium to our leave, he has to absolutely disappear <laughs> off the face of this planet. This club have pushed me to the edge, people. I do not deserve <laughs> such disgrace in my life. I've hit nothing but heights in my life, in my career, and in my family life. But when it comes to sports, this club has insulted every bloody fiber in my bone. And now I have to deal with my days arguing amongst my brothers as to how we're going to fix something that is unfixable. And that is my take on Tottenham stinking hotspots. Okay. <laughs> this is fair. Do you know what? Argue against any of that. Do you know what, Tobes? Can I say something, actually? Of course, of course, bro. Do you know what's funny, right? <laughs> I watched the game on Monday and I wasn't particularly impressed. And then I went into the timeline and I saw a lot of Emerson prop. And in my head, I was like, what am I, what am I seeing? What are people talking about? Like, I don't see this performance that they're talking about. 
Like, finally scored against against Man City. And I thought he did okay. So, this morning, come back, I come back from work, put on Spurs play, watch the whole game again. And to be honest with you, I actually thought he was okay. Like, I, like do you know what's funny? Yeah. There was something that I thought was, was quite interesting as well. So, I'm not sure why, but there were lots of times, there were lots of times on Monday that he was finding himself almost drifting in quite centrally as a wing-back. Like, almost in a way that, you know, that the way um, Zinchenko and Walker do for, like, their respective teams. So, look, okay, just stay with me. Just stay with me on this point, all right? Yeah? There were moments where I was like, why is he staying in, in field? And it was weird because I was thinking, you're not a midfielder and you're not really offering us anything as an attacker. But what I did find that there were a lot of moments that it, it seemed like it was giving Kulu so much free space to operate operate on that right-hand side where he doesn't feel like he has to come infield because of Emerson on flanks. And actually, sometimes, I think, I was thinking, the more and more I was watching, especially in that first half, a moment in the second half, I was like, this is actually kind of working because what it's doing, it's actually removing any sort of attacking threat or crossing aspect that Emerson has because obviously he doesn't have it. It gives us at moments when we were defending, another guy in that sort of cent- not central area, but it looked like it was a. It, there were times when it looked like he was almost infield, and even as a, like a right back, not as a right wing back, he's quite dogged. So actually, the defensive side of his game you can always kind of trust, and he genuinely is actually fairly defensively secure. Like I mean, Fulham is the kind of game that you want him to perform in, and these are the games that I, I think he kind of does. And even little things like that, I was like, hmm. Maybe Conte realizes that this guy has his limitations, and by maybe even just—I don't know—like to me, it might even be such a small tweak, but it's enough to make me feel like, okay, maybe he's realizing I need to just do what this guy is good at, and not really ask him to do anything more than he needs to. Like, okay, like even for the, okay, even for the goal that we scored, he was—he had—I think it was from the back of a corner. And it came back to him, and he was like on the left, but he was kind of like in the yeah. left central area. Wasn't he was on that game with the sun. Yeah, he received it, fed it infield to Sun, and Sun was on that sort of leftish channel of the box, fed it into Kane. Kane was able to score. So, like, I don't know, like, I, I felt he did okay. Like, I'm not his biggest fan. Shit. I'm not his biggest fan, but I don't Shit. know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just saying this, or maybe. I'm reading into it more than it was, but it looked like to me that he wasn't really hugging. You know that when we watch him, especially at home, he hugs that no, touch, he hugs that touchline, and he forces Kulu infield. I just felt there were lots of moments in the game where he wasn't really on that touchline. He was he was actually kind of infield, and I thought maybe that kind of helped us a little bit in moments because obviously, like I said, we know he's defensively secure, we know that he's pretty dogged, but the aspect that we want him to be good at, the attacking aspect, the crossing crossing aspect. He ain't going to do that for us. I can't believe we've had like 10 minutes of Emerson chat. I, I, that's what I can't believe. But you know what? Two, like multiple things can be true. And I do actually agree with, with, with pretty much what you said. Like he did take up 
a role that he doesn't normally take up for Spurs because we see him hanging wide and receiving the ball from wide positions. And yeah, like he has had two games back to back where he's actually been defensively sound um, and hasn't been the usual liability he is, but on the ball, but he's just poor. And <laughs> I think even a 10 out of 10 Emerson game is like a four or five out of 10 game that you expect from a, a fullback playing at a supposed top six club, right? He's 10 out of 10. He's not Brazilian. Let him. He's from a nation that doesn't even play football. Find a nation wherever it is on the face of this planet. They don't play football. That's where Emerson's from. He's a fraud. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I'm going to bring in Andre now as well. I think he's here now. Can you hear us, Andre? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Ah, brilliant. Big up, man. Thanks for joining the thanks no for joining worries. the pod. Thanks for um, no problem, no problem, no problem. So so Andre, we got Yao, aka Scott Hall, mid <coughs> we got Tops, aka Booker T, and then we've got Hyle to the to the right of you, aka Mars Kane. Sorry, aka I am Scout. Yeah. I am skunked. Sorry, I am skunked. <laughs> so listen, listen, um, Kane, I'm going to come to you first. Oh, I'm going to come to you next, sorry. And we need to talk about, I don't want to I don't want to get into more detail about all the, the stuff that went wrong in the game. We all can agree that it was a pretty poor game of football. But I want to talk about Harry Kane. I want to talk about your best friend, you and Yao's best friend, because he hit a landmark. He hit a landmark. He went level with Jimmy Greaves for most goals scored for Spurs. And I know we've had the whole debate, world-class, not world-class. I have my view, you have your view. But what is your take on that achievement for Kane? Because I know you have mixed views on Harry in general. So I want to get your opinion on, 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 on Harry's feet. Me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you know, obviously, I think we we always have like a lot of back and forth in the in in the groups that we're in and um we're in the chats that we we've 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 had. Sorry, and um don't get me wrong. To be honest, on WhatsApp, I like to I like to stoke the flames a lot. But if we were to have like a kind of a settled discussion about Kane, like Kane's one of my favorite ever football players. Just like full stop. Um. In terms of the like over the course of the period of time I've been watching football, which is what since like six or seven years old, um, Harry Kane is certainly one of my favorite players. He and he he is like he is like a throwback to like a nineties or you know early two thousands player. He's the sort of player that you could have imagined, you know, in that era with your Van Nistelrooy's, your Kate, your Henrys, your Shearers. Like he feels very much like that. Um, but I think the black mark against his name is the trophy element. I don't think he'll be, I don't think he ought to be satisfied as a player of the caliber that he is and, and possessing the quality that he has with finishing his career, even as like Premier League top goal scorer, never mind the Jimmy Greaves record. Like, I think even that wouldn't be satisfactory enough to be an adequate reflection of the ability that he does have. Um, mm. And 
like you know on top of that if you you know if you add on top of that like elements like missing those really key big moments in those big on those big occasions like not passing it to Sterling in, in 2018 or like not playing well in the Champions League final in 2019 or missing the you know the kick to make it 2-2 in the um the France uh, game. in the France game in the most recent World Cup it provides a stack of evidence for his detractors to say this guy isn't the guy when you need him to be the guy. So what do we have? Like we don't we don't have the trophies and we don't have the big occasion goals or performances to suggest that he deserves to be elevated into the the heights of and the realms that we would, you know, accord to Benzema or to uh, even Lewandowski or Henri, not because we don't think he's as good as a football player, but because he just doesn't have those moments. And um, regrettably, I think it, it he does have to show a little bit more personal ambition. He does have to kind of push for a chance to, whether that's going to a Bayern Munich or, um, I mean, I know he tried it um, last summer with the Man City move and it didn't work out. Mm. Um, for him, and you know, obviously, like I'm, I'm saying this, like unwillfully, because of course it would be a shame to see um, Kane not playing for Spurs anymore. But mm. I think, in terms of like what he's capable of versus what the club appears to be capable of, um, he probably needs to like muster up the courage to say, "Do you know what? Like, forget this whole Premier League record thing. Like, I'm just gonna go Germany and get." get a Bundesliga quick or like take over the mantle from Benzema. Benzema's like 34 now. Like he can take over the mantle from Benzema or Madrid or, you know, somewhere. I don't, I don't think even like there's been a lot of talk about Man United potentially being interested in him. That to me doesn't strike me as a sensible move because Man United are very much still in transition. They're not a, a, a team at this moment in time that are, that you would say would they're, you they're guaranteed to win the big trophies. Well, can, can I can I give you so and um, after we have this convo, I'm going to bring Andre in on this as well because, like, can I give you a rebuttal then? Because the whole Kane, the whole Kane point, you've you've made some compelling statements, but I think using Man United as an example, right? Do you not think that in the same the same way people sort of bash him for the lack of big moments would be the same thing people would say if he was to go to a Bayern and and win a trophy that they always win without Harry Kane or yeah. go to Man City. So, like, using Man United as an example, yeah. would it not be more of a feat if he was to go to a club like Man United who who are on a on a trajectory that we want Spurs to be at right now with, in terms of a manager who looks like he's got project capabilities, right? And he looks like he's got them going upwards. And would you not... Would, would it not make more sense for him to go there... Back himself to be the MVP that takes Man United back to back to the summit. Do you not think that would be more respectable yeah. than him going to? No, it it would be respectable, but whether that will happen or not is still is it is still for the gods. Like it's still like very, you know, the 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 likelihood of him going to Manchester City and winning trophies far exceeds the likelihood or probability of him going to Manchester United and winning trophies. Like as as mm. as compelling and as exciting as Eric Ten Hag looks at this moment in time. I really like the cut of his jib. Um, 
and I really like I've said it I, like I, I grew up loving Man United to be I grew up as a Beckham fan so I would love that would make me happy to see if anybody else was to be successful other than Spurs it would absolutely for me be certainly be Man United but they don't look like a club who can tell a player we're going to win trophies Guardiola can tell you that um in a way, as as bad as Chelsea are right now, I feel like they can kind of tell you that as well. Like they're just they just have the capabilities to just spend so much damn money that even you'll even probably pick up an FA Cup here or there or you know, I mean Chelsea look really bad now, but we are two years out of them winning the Champions League for the second time in ten years. So yeah. Like, I I feel like there are more sensible options for someone like Kane, who is going to be 30 in July. You know, he's coming towards what you would imagine are the twilight years of his career. Don't get me wrong, of mm. course, like, players are playing longer now. But Kane doesn't strike me as someone... I don't know, I could be proved to be very wrong, but he, he he's looking leggier now than he was two or three, four years ago. He doesn't strike me as someone that I feel is definitively going to have the longevity that like uh you know that some of his peers have so i think he needs to be winning the next couple of years and there are only a few clubs that can really hold mm, themselves and say that they can they can offer him that um so let me yeah. sorry i've been talking for a long time but no yeah. worries no worries. i wanted to bring in i wanted to bring in andre on, on this as well because obviously andre um obviously harry the, before the film game right the news broke with David Ornstein and Alistair Gold, that Harry Kane is in discussion with the club um, with a view to potentially sign a new deal um, at the end of the season, right? Yeah. Me, personally, I'm, I'm probably one of the few that... I, I don't know whether I'm a minor, in the minority or majority, but I'm quite sceptical of that news and the validity of the news. But what's your take on, on that news? Do you believe it, for starters? And... Do you think? Do you agree with with um, with um, Kane, Mars Kane? I, I can't get used to this shit. Mars Kane, <laughs> <laughs> it's bro. Don't worry, man. It's oh, for God's sake, do you, do you do you agree with I am scary that um, <laughs> <laughs> that Harry Kane is better off going to a club where he's guaranteed to win, or do you feel like he should stay? At Spurs or, or, or go to a club in England where he can, where it's sort of a harder challenge for him to win, but he takes that club potentially to glory. Sorry, Andre, so sorry. Yeah, just before you answer that, like, I just yeah. want to caveat as well. Like, I don't want to come across as like I'm trying to sell off Kane. Like, Kane is no, no, no you're not. Don't worry, we're just having a discussion. Also, there's also the potential for the club to be sold and for new ambitious owners to come in, and it's like we can win in the next. You know, they'll say to Kane, we can win in the next couple of years, stay here and be the franchise player for, you know, finally arriving on that, that elusive trophy. So that, there's also that, I think, as an option as well. I know it sounds a bit far-fetched, but I'm just saying that. No, I hear you. I hear you. It's just a discussion. No, Don't worry. Go on, go on Andrew. I'm, I'm okay with, with a couple of things he said. I mean, we've gotten to the point where we've got more at heart um, um, what Kane is going to do with his career than than Tottenham at the moment because he's I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's grown to be favorite player of, of a lot of fans. And I've got, I feel like um, I would much rather have him have a, a good ending to his career in a bigger club than stay at Tottenham. So I'm more thinking of, of Kane as a player rather than as Tottenham as, as a fan. And mm. um, it's tough to, it's tough to compare him to, to top strikers in my opinion, because um, watching, coming back to the Arsenal game, coming back to most big games, um, you feel like he he desperately wants Tottenham to win every game, trophies, etc., etc. But you you kind of feel like he walks into games um, and he almost feel like he knows the games he's coming into where the team is considered as underdogs, and almost as if he feels like he needs to to do more than what he usually does. When you talk about players like Benzema and such, um, in big games, they fulfill their role. They play as as a number nine. They play at striker. They are going to make some runs and help the team getting the ball back, coming back, defending. But something that that I really noticed when when I was at, at the Spurs game against Arsenal is that there's a couple times where he would be the one getting the ball back instead of defenders in his own half. The team would go on a counter-attack, but you definitely know that he won't be able to make that run to be there at the end um, and the, at the end of that counter-attack. And you feel like he's all over the place. He's trying to play in midfield. He's trying to defend. And sometimes you get you go forward and he's not there because... He he was he was in his own half making making the run. So I feel like it's incredible what he's achieved, knowing the plays he's had around him. Um, that's why I said it's difficult to compare it in top strikers in top teams because I don't feel like he's played with those plays that provided him with with great balls, game in and game out, and providing him with a lot more goal opportunities. Um, so that's, that's, that's why I feel it's tough for me because he obviously has some bad games and in big games, sometimes he does not show up, but maybe because he's doing a lot more than what he actually should do. You know, I don't know if sometimes, obviously I'll make it clear. I I think of what I want to say in English, I think of it in French. So sometimes it doesn't come out in English as perfect as it should but um, so let me know if I didn't make myself clear enough. Um, but coming back to the question, yeah, I think I think we've gotten to the point where I feel like he's better off. Um, 
I would like to, to to see him perform at a bigger club with bigger players around him. See see what he could do uh, in those circumstances. Um, and yeah, that's my that's my taking on 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 Kane. Fair. Do you know what? Yeah, it's not even a thing of like him. It, I think that it's like that, that a divorce needs to happen if the club are not to showcase the ambition that is commensurate with what can get Kane those trophies. And and the divorce needs to happen for for everyone. It needs to happen for Spurs fans. It needs to happen for Kane and it needs to happen for the club at large. Because mm. I think Kane is a little is also like emblematic of a of an error. And like the longer you hold on to Kane, the longer you're holding up like You've got Kane, right? And then, uh, like, kind of, uh, you know, as the nucleus, and then all of the sort of like atoms around him are the the residue of the Pochettino era that everybody hates, like um, flipping Hugo Lloris or Ben Davis or uh, whoever else. People, I'm not, I'm not mentioning Son now, who's underperforming, of course. Eric Dyer, of course, like probably the clearest example. Davison Sanchez, like. There is too much of a, of a representation of that team that died a slow death in that final year of Poch. And I feel like if you kind of take Kane out of that, it also allows for a replenishing to happen. Like, hopefully, you you know, Spurs are able to get a big wad of cash, also remove some of those other, like, you know, I was going to say cancer, cancerous objects, but it's like hyperbolic, but like, some of those other players that are stinking up the club right now and are contributing to some of the worst performances that the club has seen in in in, in many years. Um, mm. So in a way, like the longer Spurs hold on to Kane, I feel like it's like it's counter it's counterproductive. You know, yeah. the, the club needs to undergo a bit of a that painful rebuild that Pochettino was always going on about. <clears> I think <throat> it's it probably requires. Kane to be part of that in terms of leaving. Here's yeah. my thing on, on the Go whole on Kane, Kane thing, and this would be probably the only and last thing I'll say on it. I 100% disagree with every single person that has ever said that he deserves trophies. No, no single player, not a single player playing football today deserves trophies. When your time comes in a situation, whether it be a final or, you know, chasing a lead you have to turn up and if at the end of it you get a trophy well done if you don't sometimes it might be unlucky sometimes just didn't turn up in the best years that Kings had at Spurs in the best team under Poch he wasn't carrying the team there was other players that were contributing or doing just as much as he was in in that little short time that we were considered a, a good team. So players like Ericsson, Dembele, Jan Vertonghen, um, Ali even, Son coming off the bench, uh, Toby, Lloris was sober for once in his life. But now, over the last maybe three to four seasons, you can say that, all right, yes, he's had to do far more than what he was doing previously in terms of contribution to the team. But in those good years, or the good years up until probably that Champions League season, that, that Champions League run, which was 
bunch of up and downs all through that season. Up until that point, we'd been to two finals. Unfortunately, he didn't turn up in either of those finals. We make it to the Champions League final. Again, coming off an injury, hadn't played for 30 days, didn't turn up. Fine. Been to a final with England. After 25 minutes, Italy dealt with him. That's life. Best performance for England, probably in our time, was just this World Cup gone. I thought he was fantastic against France. Unfortunate with the second penalty. Like, there's too much in his career where I'm like, nah, he's had opportunities. It just hasn't gone well for him. That's life. That's that's the way I look at it. He's had opportunity. It hasn't gone well for him. I don't want to hear fans say, oh, he deserves a move to Bayern Munich and, you know, win a trophy there. I'm not trying to hear none of that crap. I'm not, I'm really not. I'm not trying to hear none of it because for me, even if he goes by it and let's say he wins the league, they win the league without him anyway. Yeah, he would have to go there. <laughs> In order for me to be like, yeah, you know what? Everybody was right. He is definitely world class and all that kind of stuff. He would have to go to Bayern and like be their best player. And that's that. As much as people think, oh, yeah, Kane Spurs is best player, that's not a guarantee at Bayern. But do you not like so? Let's no, no. So, so this is this will be my last point on this as well. But my rebuttal to the whole does he deserve etc. etc. I think you can make a case for that. Like, yeah, you can you can speak on the finals, right? They're big. They're big moments. But we're talking about like five, six games. No player deserves anything but yeah let me let me let me finish my point let me finish my point so what i'm saying is when you look at his performance even if you don't fair enough let's take away the word deserve but when you look at his performance as a player individually since he burst onto the scene for spurs and on the international stage for england his performances are befitting of a player who we've seen go on to do better things at spurs Players of Harry Kane's ilk at Spurs over the years have gone on to play for better clubs. It's not a, a thing that's specific to Harry Kane. When you have a player that is that is as big as a, as big an outlier as Kane is for the club, they normally go on for they they normally go on for bigger moves. 2005, when Michael Carrick was by far and away our best midfielder, where did he go? Man United. Luka Modric, where did he go? Real Madrid. Where did Gareth Bale go? Real Madrid. Where did um, Sol Campbell, where did he go? Arsenal, right? Where did Teddy Sheridan go? Man United. Where did, um, where did, uh, like, there's so many, there's so many, there's so many other players. But this, this is the thing. That's a very valid point. However, there's a big, big issue with all of that. You can go through all those previous Spurs teams. Maybe the only one that might be closest to where Kane is right now is the Gareth Bale team, the Gareth Bale Modric team that made the Champions League uh, in 2010 with Van der Vaart, Crouch, uh, Pavlichenko. That's the closest. No, no other team that you mentioned. Carrick, Carrick finished fifth with Spurs. Yeah, and we yeah. weren't even considered. We weren't even considered to be going into that season one of the top five teams. We weren't. We weren't that. Kane burst into the scene that first season, of, well, half a season, if you want to call it that. Under Sherwood, full season, not half a season, full season. No, no, it was half a season. No, no, half a season. I'm talking about Sherwood when he when Sherwood brought him in. 
okay, yeah, yeah. Second when off, season. Season. Yeah. off the season. Okay. You know, you, you can you can be like, all right, cool. This kid, you know, he has something to him. Poch didn't start him. I, I can't even remember who Poch started. It might have been Soldado. Jesus Christ, what have we Adibayo. Uh, again, Adibayo, you know, that's life, in it? But he was scoring in the Europa, finally gets his chance, blows through, pause, does his thing, yeah? And the following season, if I'm correct, is the season in which we were trying to chase down Leicester City. It happens. We finish third after the whole season's done. All right. Now we're moving in the right direction. Set following season after that, we finish second. You can go through all the previous teams, iterations of Spurs. There's been no other teams outside of the Poch era that have even been consistently in the top four. None. So if the best player or the, the air two being the best player has wanted to lead, it's made perfect sense. Even in Kane's case right now, in people saying, oh, he deserves to leave. Spurs finished fourth last season. Don't ask me how. Yeah, but we did. Like, he, his whole, his actual career at Spurs, he's he's played more time in the Champions League or in Europe at the very least than Saul Campbell did ever for Spurs. Than Bell did ever for Spurs. Than any other yeah. name that you're going to mention. But so, I, do think, I do think Toby's point is a salient one, though. Like, he's got the record to prove it. What you're basically may, may, saying. Maybe, maybe I'm too harsh in the sense of, you know, everybody wants to be nice because of what he's given us. He's given us great moments. That is fantastic. He's given us 200 nah, plus goals. That's nah, also you know what it is? It's just that. a thing of like... But I'm not here for the whole he deserves something. Every player that Toby mentioned has... And 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 to be honest, much of this is to, is Kane's own problem anyway. To like to his exactly. detriment is his own loyalty in that he exactly. But also exactly. it also has to be caveated with the fact that Kane was part of the most promising generation of Spurs player that existed. Like Modric, Bale, so on and so forth. Those guys were never on the cusp. We never felt like they were on the cusp of actually. They weren't even in teams close something. to what Kane. Listen. When you actually look at the best Spurs team in the last 20 years, because I know we were going to move from this, but when you actually look at the best Spurs team of the last 20 years and you actually go through the list of players, yeah, you're probably going to pluck Carrick from here, Berbatov from there, if anything, Bale from there, Modric from there. <coughs> and then that whole back line may be outside one or two players, but that back line is going to be Lloris, Toby, Jan, Walker, and arguably Rose. Uh, like, oh, yeah, well, I think it serves Toby's point though, but is what I was saying in that like sorry to like to um keep on it because I know we want to move on agenda wise, but basically mm. like because Kane was part of that generation, it it's more conducive to that loyalty. Like if he was in a from a previous generation with Modric and Bell, where it's like, okay, this is a bit of a fad. We we we're in the top four and but it's not gonna last. You're you're gonna push for a move because it's like there's better opportunities on offer. But Pochettino had cultivated a group that felt like, do you know, if we stick this out and if we actually add to this team, hopefully the owners back this team to a degree, as we were talking about the other night, this could be something. And I, Kane, I like you know, grew up in the Spurs academy, Spurs fan, can be the you know the the epicenter of that. I can be the spearhead for taking Spurs back to the 60s, you know? And and, and that's why he stayed. Yeah, and that's why he stayed. So I don't, I, in a way, like, as much as you can hold it against him... It's a narcissist. You have to, you, 
No, I don't think it's narcissistic. He's, he's Lex Luger. I think I don't think that's narcissistic. I think that's I think that's like it's honourable and commendable. Admirable. Yeah, admirable. Look at it the is. Nigerian and Ghanaian. Listen, we're gonna move. We're gonna yeah. my last point on this is it's admirable because you don't see that in football nowadays. You don't see that in football. You so, can we can you can no no one sec you can back we can bash him for his lack of finals, etc. 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 But it's only at I've noticed it, it's only at Spurs. Where players like Kane and even Son, I remember the, the, the season before that, they get bashed for being loyal. That, that do you know how crazy that is? They get hammered for being loyal. No, they get hammered by other fans. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. They get oh. hammered. They get hammered by Spurs fans for being loyal. That is mad to me. I have no problems that's with mad. these man being. So that's that's, so, where, so that's, that's where I think people yeah, get that, wrong. That, that's why I don't think my, the whole deserving it. thing is correct. No, no, no. Even if even if you don't agree with it, there's ra- like I don't agree entirely with with your with all of your points, but there's rationale behind what you're saying. There is, and there is rationale for why people say he can he deserves to go on because he signed a contract, a death row contract, when he didn't need to. He did not need to sign that contract in 2018. Spurs were well, Spurs. Spurs had played one season away from their away from their home of 120 odd years, Wembley, right? building a new stadium, no money coming in. He didn't need to sign that new deal. He signed that new deal. He said, I'm staying. He, he said he did that. Pochettino, Pochettino, Pochettino did it. Did the same thing that summer again. Son, last, the season before, right? Spurs were in turmoil. He didn't need to sign that new deal. He signed it. Correct so, me if I'm wrong. I don't think, so, so, yeah, my, this is going to be, my, my point is finished now. So I don't think you can get onto fans, fans, because I'm definitely one of those fans who are saying, I think he does deserve a move away because okay. you've backed, you've backed, you've you've given the, the club, you're, you've given the club like some of your best years. You've tried, fair enough. You you may you may not have gone gone over the, the finishing line, but you've tried and you've actually been our best player ever since this guy broke onto the scene at Spurs. He's been our best player. He right. has been without a doubt. He's been our best player. So yes. Part of, yes, there's a big part of me that absolutely wants this guy to do well in his career, and if that means leaving Spurs and going on to win trophies elsewhere, so be it. So okay. be it. Let me let me get this right. Correct me if I'm wrong. He signs the contract what a year removed from when we left the stadium, right? Yep. We where did we finish that season? Top four. Third. Finished third. Yeah. So a year removed from the stadium when we left the stadium, we'd gone undefeated. Yeah. We weren't in no turmoil. I like I don't want people to believe that when he signed this contract, we were under we're the, okay, but we weren't in Otomo. When when he signed that contract, whether it was a long-term contract or not, yeah, a death row contract, which it's turned out to be, of course. Yeah. When he signed that contract, there was no turmoil. We were in a good position. What we did with that has happened to be where it is. But a year after that, or in that same season after he signed the contract, we made the Champions League final. So there's, there's a lot of caveats. All I'm saying is this. You are a player of this caliber. Have you won something? No. Could you still win something? Yes. Is that a likelihood? It's up in the air. If he stays with Spurs and he wins a trophy, he's probably thinking of it from a legacy point of view. And this is quite narcissistic. And he has every right to think of it like this. Because if he wins any trophy that's bigger than the Carabao Cup, he will earn more respect across his entire career for doing it with Spurs than anywhere else. He goes Bayern, probably Man United might actually be the closest move he could get 
yeah, to be getting that same kind of respect. Because if he goes City, he goes Bayern or Real Madrid, well, he could go to any of those clubs, to be honest with you. But if he goes there and he's carried, or and I and I mean this in the nicest way possible, like he's taken to a trophy and he chips in, people are always going to hold an asterisk against him. So if he decides to stay, which I'll be honest with you, I'm happy for the train came to move on. I actually am. Like I'm done with pretty much 100% of the Poch era. I'm done with it completely. I don't even want Poch to come back to the club. I'm done with it completely, yeah? But if he stays, if he stays, I don't want Spurs to run this guy, which is the one, this is the one part where I'm really going to defend King. I don't want Spurs to do what Spurs are going to do, which is run this guy into the ground. He's already gasping for air and we are about to cut all his last bits of oxygen. Because that, that, ladies and gentlemen, is what Tottenham Hotspurs does. Piece of crap club. I can't believe I freaking put my freaking loyalty to this club. I could have supported Real Madrid. I could have done that. We're not going to let you go on another rant. We know how you thought about this team. We, we, We do have a tendency to run plays into the ground. And I think, I think ultimately the one thing we can all agree on is Spurs have uh, have consistently shown that they don't know when to let go. They don't know when to let go and start afresh. And I think that's something that they need to learn quickly, right? But let's let's move on, right? Let's let, speaking of letting go and moving on. Let's let's talk about the January transfer window, right? Because Spurs have actually signed a player this week, right? We're on day twenty. 27 of January, Spurs signed a player on the 26th. Um, I'm going to come to you on this, Booker T, because I ain't heard much of you. So Spurs signed Dan Juma, Arnott Dan Juma, fellow Nigerian brother like me and you. Yeah. What is your, what's your take on this signing? <clears throat> um, what's my take on the signing? Um, like, like I've said in our group, I'm not going to lie to you. When I look at everything, doesn't really make sense to me. Doesn't really make sense to me purely because we already have a left winger. We already have someone who basically can deputise as a left winger um, in Richarlison. Um, what's interesting is that Richarlison was supposed to be the deputy for Kane. Basically, hasn't even done that. We have Kulu on the right. We have Hill, who is probably deputising for him. So then you're now looking at a player. You're taking on loan, who is going to be the deputy. To the deputy. First of all, as a loan, I'm not against it. I'm I'm not against it. If it's a six month thing where we can see what his qualities are, go for it. This is a 25 year old player who is probably coming into his early peak of his career, having played, you know, um, in Belgium, having played very decently when he was in the Championship for Bournemouth, um, and then, and then moving on to. Uh, Villarreal. I mean, to be honest with you, he hasn't done crazily badly. You know, if, if we're talking about his numbers, I think 2021, 17 goals, seven assists. Uh, the season after that at Bournemouth, he had a very good season, 16 goals, four assists. And this season, he's only played around 800 minutes um, for Villarreal. And he's even managed to get six goals uh, in which he was integral in beating or uh, helping Villarreal beat uh, Juventus, integral in helping them beat Bayern Munich. I mean, I'm not against it. I feel like right now, 
Son stinks. And I'm not going to go into that anymore. But Son stinks. So the idea of having someone who is quite versatile, that can play kind of maybe across the front line, I feel like he can play as a as, as like a as like a winger, as like a seven or as like an eleven, or even possibly as a nine. I can't really see him as like a ten. But anywhere across that front line, and he does offer something which I think we are currently missing. We used to see it in Son, his ability to dribble one-on-one skills and his ability to get in behind. Dan Juma looks quick, looks like his touch is good because right now Son's first touch is absolutely crazy and he's got an eye for goal. Son's on four goals. Benton has four goals. Uh, Hoiberg this season has four goals. Uh, Trossard has six goals. Uh, Gross has six goals. Like, some of the men that in the league that have more goals than this guy, uh, like, if I speak on Son, I, I don't even want to get into it. But, Dan, but Danjuma, I don't see why we did it, but I also kind of want to, I, I also kind of can see why we did it. And because it's a loan, I'm not horribly against it. My only issue with it from a bigger sort of picture is that it's not a priority area that we need. But mm. I'm not going to say no at this point. Andre, I'm going to come to you on this as well because um, I actually agree with Tops. I think I see it as a pointless signing, but I like I like Dan Juma. I think he's an I think he's a good player. I just don't really see how this is a need for Spurs in January. But like Tops says, if he comes in and he hits the ground running and he actually he actually um, gives Conte a positive headache, then then yeah, great, that happy days. But I want to talk more about the profile of Dan Juma because, okay, granted, he's not a player that we had in mind or we, we need when you look at the defence. But what do you think of the profile player? Because Spurs surely have lacked someone like Dan Juma over the years because a lot of Spurs fans have always said over the years that Spurs don't have a dribbler. Like, we don't have a winger who can just take the ball and just beat players. Like, what's your take on his profile? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, um, I kind of like the idea of a loan because you know the players coming in. If he gets, if he gets some minutes and he gets to play, um, obviously, I, I would like to believe that the guy is going to try and give 100, 150% because he's here to, to prove that, that he's got the quality and he's good enough to, to play at that level. So, Maybe it'd be a good opportunity to 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 maybe bench Son after a couple of games as well. Um, I feel like coming into uh, Richarlison signing at the club, obviously his style of play, um, I was pretty excited. So I've learned since Pochettino to not be overexcited about skillful dribbling players because. I just feel like since Poch, we haven't really had uh, a manager that's been able to bring the best out of those type of players that have come in, um, and that's the only the only thing I'm worried about is that I've seen a couple of his games. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen him play an awful lot, but I'm always worried that um, he's going to come in and he's going to be facing someone that's not going to be able to 
bring the best out of him and we won't get to see his full potential. So that's pretty much kind of how I feel every time we bring someone in at the moment, to be honest. Interesting. You see, you see what we've done to Andre? You see what we've done to Andre? You see what this club has done? Listen, Andre, say say the word. Say the word. I will go and strangle Daniel Levy. Just for you. Just for you. <laughs> you see what this club has done to him? He said you he know, doesn't even believe. He doesn't even believe in silence. I was in I was at um the I was at the game against Marseille in Marseille. Um, and obviously Conte had got that red card the game before, so he was watching the game from the stands, and I was sat two rows behind him. Um, I was sat two rows behind him, so I got to, I was pretty close to him all game. Um, and before the game, uh, we were with a couple players from Marseille. I was with my dad. Um, he was talking to a couple players as well, played at the same, same period, same time as him. And um, so 20 minutes before the game, uh, we go into um, into like this kind of private corporate boxes, you know, private area. And just around the corner, I see a couple, um, couple chairs, a couch, and I take a glimpse and I see Daniel Levy with um, Antonio Conte. And um, I go over to my dad. I tell them they're, they're just sat right there if he wants to go over. So he goes over, says hi, says hi to, to to Daniel Levy, says hi to Conte. Conte gets up and he looks at him and uh, we spoke about it with my dad after. He looks at him and my dad had to say, great to meet you, David Ginola. And he was like, he, he didn't even realize, he didn't even <laughs> realize at Good that point. moment who he had in front of him. And my dad came back to me and he, he said, I looked in his eyes and I just, he said, F- uh, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Free world. He was like, fuck, I, I would, I would never, never want to be in his, his situation and his place right now. Cause he said, the look in his eyes, his face, everything just made me feel like I just felt his misery, you know, like he was really <laughs> miserable. And he was like, I felt so sorry for him. I felt so sorry for him. And during the game, um, uh, right in front of of Conte uh, was sat uh, Donna Cullen. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, And um, I know you're talking about. And his assistant on the the sideline started protesting and he got a yellow card. And I remember her turning back to Conte and giving him like this crazy look like you already got a red card last week two weeks ago if your assistant manager on the sideline gets another red card it's it's not going to go down so well for you and you know you just feel like the guy's under so much pressure and like i just for my dad to come back to me and say that i was like because obviously it's my club and i kind of felt i felt what he meant because i was there and i watched i watched them i watched him go over to him i watched him say hi and he was like, I feel like this guy's in jail. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> nah, you know Mate, what? Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, insane. I'm not going to lie to you, Audrey. That's one of them stories you had to keep to yourselves. Because now, now, now I'm definitely beelining. Hey, lads, I'm renewing my season ticket. I'm coming. <laughs> the main job for me to do is get to Daniel Levy. I just have to. <laughs> this guy has to go. He has to go from tomorrow. Yeah. What? How can a man have a look? Look at what, 
look at us. Just look at us. Yeah, look at let's our talk. Club. Let's, Chinese stadium. Let's, let's actually talk. Let's 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 talk on Levy, right? And I want to come to to you, um, IAS, right? Let's let's talk on Levy because we need to talk about the second player that's been linked to Spurs, Pedro Porro, and we're in the same group chat where our fellow our fellow brother Ranty keeps posting Pedro Porro news like almost every other minute. And you keep saying, chill, the deal's going to get done, the deal's going to get done. But let's let's talk, because we need to understand why. Why does Ranty have to post those links for the player constantly? Why does he feel on edge about a player that seemingly looks like it's a done deal for Spurs, potentially not signing for Spurs? Can you elaborate, please, IAS? Because... One, I want you to give your thoughts on Pedro Porro as a signing. And two, I want you to give your thoughts on why Spurs fans are generally anxious when it comes to transfers. Yeah, I think, like, look, obviously, I've been, like, I wouldn't say an ardent defender, but I've, I've spoken. I would say an ardent defender. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've defended the Enoch Premiership. In many ways, because I think that they've evolved the club in ways that I I think have been outstanding. But I I admit that there is a deficiency in terms of footballing knowledge and they've never really, um, they have never really like solved that Um, for for two reasons, really. I think for a, a lack of desire to kind of cede control. I think when they did cede control in the early like phase of, um, Pochettino and Mitchell that obviously ended in disaster um, and they've tried to kind of retrieve back that control this sort of Paratici relationship seems to be like a fairly interesting one I don't know what that's kind of based on but um, th- th- there must be in, in terms of the ch- chain of command I'm sure you know everybody knows Paratici's on the phone all of the time I'm sure he's literally telling Daniel Levy Everything he's doing, every penny he spends, every time he goes to Tesco for a meal deal, has he got the receipt? Like, I, like, I, I, I think they don't joke with that. Um, but I guess as as an extension of that kind of attitude, has been, I guess, this penny pinching over the years, um, and what has probably, you know, another byproduct of that maybe is complacency or like a. An attitude probably around Europe where people don't quite enjoy negotiating with Spurs. And even if you haven't negotiated with Spurs before, your their reputation precedes them. So when Spurs come to the table, it's like, ah, these guys, cool. Like, we're going to, they're not taking us for a ride. We're going to give them just as much as we're probably going to get. So I don't think Spurs have very good relationships um, around the globe in terms of like doing deals. Um you know, 10 or 12 years ago, I remember like Tottenham and, and uh, Madrid entered into a, a special relationship. Yeah, literally. But, and I think even that ended in on, on uh, you know, on a sour note. Um, Because I think, and um, I remember also, is it, um, is it Ola at Lyon saying that like, he, he he's never Ola's- like, He's never dealt with anybody like Daniel Levy before. He, he, it was the worst yeah. negotiation he's ever been involved in, and everybody else around Europe hates Ola Leon. So if he's saying that about Levy, 
you know, thank good, you know, <laughs> you know, God save us all. So basically, to cut a long story short, um, all of those various different elements combined to make Spurs a club who have notoriously, as a result of that, ended up fumbling a lot of transfers because of complacency, because of probably like leaving a bad taste in people's mouths, you know, being told it's 20 mil and saying, I'll give you 10.5 plus add-ons that amount to 19.9 mil. Like just taking the absolute liberties to preserve uh, Joe Lewis's war chest that he's got in the Bahamas somewhere. And um, that is why, because of that like trauma of seeing Willian get hijacked, literally everything's done and Willian's hijacked. So seeing other deals like even potentially Sergio Aguero in 20, uh, I think it was uh, 2010, not go through or like... Oscar was another hijack. There you go, yeah. We actually, had, we actually had Oscar done and yeah. just said, stop that. Various transfers, <laughs> like, have just gone to shits. Um, and um, that is why, I guess, Ranty has been so obsessive about trying to make sure that he's got some sort of sky scan of you on where Poro is at and, like, who he's talking to and if Chelsea are trying to tap. It's also a sensitive time in the Premier League because Ted Bowley... Is has been pre in uh, Fabrizio Romano tweets and scouring and say, Who's this guy? This guy's this, uh, who's this Pedro Poro guy? <laughs> I think we should put in a bid for him. He, like, I, I heard tonight that, um, that Ted Bowley's interested in, um, uh, Moses Caicedo now. Like, that Arsenal bid 60 million for him. Fabrizio Romano's tweeted hours later that Chelsea are in for him, so it's a sensitive time. I can understand why Ranty is concerned because if Chelsea hear anything, they can swipe. Um, mm. So, yeah, I guess to conclude on that, um, with this Poro deal, it, I think the other thing that makes it really important to people like Ranty and obviously dispersed fans alike is that at this moment in time, the, the fullback position is in hell. Um, yeah, uh, Toby's notoriously called it the, the Bermuda Triangle because it's like, go to the right. Everything disappears there. It's one of the best, one of the best times I've ever heard in my life. Um, <laughs> so that position is like, desperately needs to be filled. Um, and he looks like a competent player. I'll be honest, even though I am IAS, I haven't developed a comprehensive scouting report on this kid. Um, hmm, but is I, that right? <laughs> I don't, it's not comprehensive you know it takes um, it takes weeks to develop a comprehensive so, <laughs> I, you know I've been I've been busy scouting other players um, but I've heard promising things I've, I've also heard that he can sometimes be inconsistent I think under a under a coach who wants to attack though he can be really good and I think my concern with with Conte is the proactive approach I've, I've, I personally I'm, I'm not really a massive fan of 2023, 2022-23 version of Antonio Conte. Um, that's not to say that he's not been a phenomenal coach. I just, I'm just not convinced that his his approach now is a style that players want to, you know, are are comp, you know, want to kind of take on or adopt on the pitch and fill their best selves 
sitting back, you know, for large waves of a game or not pressing and not being, you know, um, the 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 you know front footed. I I I I worry that that's operating against him. Um, but yeah, Poro obviously seems like someone that could could significantly upgrade that position. He looks mega talented. Um, so here's to hoping it works out well. I kind of wrote off Danjuma. Initially, I, I called him a Bournemouth legend. Um, <laughs> Did you say like, Aston Villa level or something like that? Yeah, yeah like he seems he's, to be he's like a, he's a good player, man. He's, he he's he. Player. Do you know what? Like he he as much as he's a Bournemouth legend and a deputy to Steven Bergwijn, um, I did see him. <laughs> destroy Diogo Dallo like he was yeah. all over Dallo in that um Champions League game last year both games. both games so that's the only thing that I'm kind of hanging my hat on to if he can consistently produce performances like that then Spurs might have actually done something quite clever here and obviously the six month deal there's not much to lose Son needs competition Son needs a kick up the ass um so yeah that those two deals, you know, nobody held much hope for Ben Tankour and Kulusevski this time last year either. It was kind of just like, here's to hoping that that they do well. But I don't think anybody was like, well, let me not say anybody. I can see Yao's like, you know, put, positioning himself as the new IAS. But I don't think anybody thought that they would become, <laughs> I don't think many people thought that they would become as successful as they've been so far. So, that you know, who, who knows? We could see a similar bit of fortune of Andromar and Poro. So, to, to add on to that, especially with Ben and Kulu, Ben and Kulu, I knew were young enough in terms of their age and the profile that they brought, but I knew that what they had, because they had both been less Kulu, more Ben, but they had both been in Juventus title winning teams, and Ben had been quite focal in um, at least one of those teams. He was like, you know, one of their like standout midfielders. Um, so I knew we were getting competent players. And all it took was for me to see both of them play in their first two or three games to be like, yeah, I'm very comfortable with what they would bring to Spurs. And if they can have this as their base and um, improve on that, then I was more than happy with it. It was, I, I remember, I can't remember the exact game, but I remember... Um, there was a match. I want to say it was Southampton. I want to say it's the Southampton game where we we lost three two, but we we were leading two one. Ben came off the yeah. bench, and I Looking messaged in the group immediately. I, the first person Looking I went after was Toby. I said, "Look at this guy's touch." Yeah, he in ten minutes on the ball in the pitch had done more than Hoybjerg has done in his entire life. That guy's useless. He's a useless, useless man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely useless. And so I was competent with those two. I was confident with those two purchases. In this regard, Dan Juma, listen, outside of his Villarreal games um, in the Champions League, I haven't seen anything else from him because I haven't bothered to watch, you know, Villarreal. He was playing for Bournemouth. He was quite active. Yeah, yeah, I heard he was active. But, uh, you know, the... I remember the the game against United, and he did give he gave the hell, yeah. But the game that made me think ah, he might be he might be decent, you know, um, was against Juve. I was more impressed about 
his performance against Juve, the, the kind of hell he gave them, I was like, all right, yeah, cool, all right, this might be decent. Because Son, ladies and gentlemen, no longer plays football. That guy's retired, yeah? We just have a hologram playing on the left side of our team. That guy is not a human body. That is a computer-generated AI. Because there's no way you can tell me, yeah, that Dan Dreamer alone is coming to Spurs to sit on the bench to a guy who's... Listen, ladies and gentlemen, go and re-watch the North London derby, yeah? You might not see me where I'm sitting in the crowd, but there is a touch in that first half that Son did that led to me leaving my seat and heading out of the stadium. I knew, I knew it was down to you. The one that went, the one that went out for a throw-in. Oh my God. Listen, nothing made sense as to why he did this. The touch was bad. I was like, no. No, but you know what, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just want to come in quickly. Yeah, like the way that Son is being treated by some Spurs fans that I'm observing, like yourself, I think is is just horrendous. Like this is oh, this guy's this guy's a, a legendary Spurs player, you know. Like hundred uh, I mean, percent. This, is, nice. this is, is his first bad season ever Smelly. at the club, and his first bad season, everyone's like, "This guy's got to go. He's ass. He's trash. Uh, I've got Get him out." Listen, like, yeah, that is the sentiment amongst the people, amongst his detractors. And I I've think, got come on, this guy. The, the more you get to know me and Andre, take a look at his face. <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> in my life. Yeah. The more you get to know me, the better it'll be for you. I <laughs> want greatness. I do not scrimp on notoriety of non-entities. My own children don't have the audacity to look at me and do nonsense. One <laughs> time, yeah, I'll send you to your bed immediately, yeah? My oldest son had never kicked the ball for 12 years of his life. Turned to me and said, Dad, I want to kick ball. I looked him square in his face and said, if you can't give me 10 kick-ups, do not ask me to kick football ever again. <laughs> this boy went and trained for a whole week. The following week, I saw him do 20 kick-ups in a row. And I said, you know what? I'll take you to a team. That's what I demand. I demand greatness, yeah? You can't give me nonsense for six months and think I'm going to forget it because that, my friend, is the equivalent of every single Nigerian person walking the face of this earth, even the ones hey, that hey, are hey, of hey, blood, hey, slapping hey, me hey, across hey, my hey, face, yeah? Every hey, single hey, day. Hey, and that cannot run because as Toby tops can tell you right now as much as i love my nigerian people they are amala warriors and they cannot look at me and tell me what to do about west africa now i'm digressing let me swing right back to my whole point yeah dan juma i've seen enough in terms of what he's done for villarreal i'm like uh, he better come i want punishments in this club i need players that are too comfortable to feel like yo my livelihood is at stake here. I need to I need to turn up. If it was if this was the most ideal situation for me, the most ideal situation for me would have been Spurs get Poro only because that's what we're going after. Um, not to say he's crap, but we get Poro, Dan Juma, and we go and get a keeper. And we drop Larice. We drop Son. 
and we completely send Emerson and Doherty on graffiti watch. And we just use those three. Because for me, it is important that these players that have coasted into our team, Dyer, well, Dyer, obviously, Hoybjerg, Davis, these were, well, Hoybjerg's different, but Davis and Dyer, were, they weren't starters. They were squad players. Now they're out and out stars. We have an opportunity to kind of eradicate that and let them know you you guys are not starter quality. You're just not. We've get, we give you four, five, six game runs and you let us down four or five out of those games. We can't run. Son, unfortunately, a seat. And this is so sad because it's only six months removed of the back end of last season, which was great because the first part of last season wasn't too good. But the difference was he chipped in with goals. That was that was the part that kind of eradicated his overall performances the first half of last season. Second half of last season, the performances were up there. The goals were skyrocketing. He gets top goal scorer. I don't know what's happened this season. Honestly, I don't know if he went, you know, back home and his father just berated him for the whole summer. I don't know what happened. But when this season kicked off, he ain't been the same. But there is one thing, and I have said it in the group. There is one thing I have said in the group that I don't think a lot of our fans and I don't think a lot of other fans from other clubs have taken note of what's going on at Spurs. Outside of the Daniel Levy and the Joe Lewis's not spending money because they're scrimpers. But we've had a coach that's um, lost his life, who was extremely close to Antonio Conte and extremely close to the club. And yeah, I feel like the players are probably still dealing with that, if I'm being honest with you as well as Conte. And then Viali passing away recently is also a close friend of Conte. I feel like this this might be the last season for Conte, if I'm being honest with you. Regardless of wherever we finish, I think he might, he might like call it a day and say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, just relax for a few years and just take some time off. And that's fine. But if that's the case, that means every single one of these purchases that we're making in January and possibly in the summer are for the new coach. Because I don't see Conte staying on pause this season. And if I'm being honest with you, is Poro considered a Conte signing? Because if it's not, and it's a club signing, I hope Poro doesn't get treated like the last club signing that's about to be sold or sent out on loan in Jed Spence. I don't I feel like, I feel like with Jed He's definitely going to get sold. I think it's clear now. It wasn't clear to me in the summer, but I think it's clear now that he was a club signing and they're not just going to let him go. But I feel like Pedro Poro simply because of his playing style and his experience, um, even though it's not a top five league, it's still a top flight league, I think Conte is going to use him. I feel like Conte is going to use him and I expect him to, to start um Listen, the window, I guess we're not going to do ratings now. It probably makes more sense to let the window close, see what else Spurs can do between now and next Tuesday. Um, people are saying someone's mic is bugging. Is it my mic? Can you not hear me clearly? You can hear me clearly, right? Is it me? Yeah, it's, it's settled now. It's settled now. Okay, cool. So yeah, I think, yeah I think it's settled now. Okay, shit. Sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I I feel like, listen, 
wait until the end of the window to, to assess, right? But Pedro Porro looks like he can tick a couple of boxes that we need. Dan Juma remains to be seen. Um, guys, quickly, I'm going to wrap up and get just quick thoughts on the FA Cup on Sunday. I think we play Preston away. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go around and ask for your score predictions and just like a quick one-minute spiel on why you've gone for that scoreline so, and what you expect to see in the game. I'm going to start with you, Booker T. Um, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a, a Preston. That's detail. So it's not a great not a great place to play away from home. They actually have a pretty raucous um, home home crowd. But I think because we've got a game uh, a week away, which is Sunday against Man City, I think we'll actually go full strength. Um, and I expect, if we, if we do go full strength, I'm only hearing that Kane might be sick. And I imagine Dan is probably going to play some portion. So I'm just going to go Spurs win 2-0. Um, uh, IAS. Yeah, I think um, it will be a, a a tough game. I kind of echo many of the thoughts that Bukati had, and and I see I see after a tough game a a calm victory for Preston. Like I see a calm two two nil for Preston. Like I don't, I genuinely believe that Preston will defeat defeat Spurs and go through to the next round. They're a championship side, and they I think they're eleventh in the championship. It, to me, it just it just strikes me as a one of those horrible kind of circumstances where it just everything just goes horribly wrong, and Conte will invariably be in a press conference the next day saying, "I can't perform magic," and he <laughs> plays like um, the club needs to show ambition or some other riddle that he has. And <laughs> Preston will go on to the next round. Like that's genuinely what I believe is going to happen. If not, though, if if it isn't that, then then I think Spurs will have like it, it will be like a one nil. Like it would. I, I just don't see it being like a thumping. Like I see Preston being in the game, creating chances, <laughs> like causing stress, <laughs> like actual stress. They're definitely. I just think that's where Spurs are at now as a club. I think every game is just really tough now. Like, it's like mm. every game is an absolute battle. For Yao, Scott Hall. So, what the last few times I've predicted a Spurs defeat, or I said that Spurs were going to lose every single game for the last what four weeks, and we've won one game. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Ah, oh, we're going to. <sighs> Preston. Yeah, the weather's not good right now. Yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of wind around them areas still. Because the weather in London's good. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just bad, you know. Them Preston fans are going to be shouting, Preston! 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 Yeah, no. you know what? Yeah, Spurs are gonna lose this one, you know. Yeah, I can, I can see. I'm, I'm with, I'm with Kane on this. I'm, like I echo the same thoughts of Booker T. We'll probably try a little bit, but uh, I think, I think it's gonna be a, a ugly nil-nil, 60th minute. Uh, the, you know, one of their players. I don't, I don't know a single Preston player, so I'm just gonna use a random name, James. 
Well, Liam Delap, yeah. George Parrot's actually there on loan as well. Liam Delap is, uh, and this is from IAS, a player. Man City's Lappin's a family player. Yeah. Yeah, oh, oh the, the Man City kid. Yeah. He, he is a player. player. He no. is a player. Okay. So, all right, cool. So now that I know that, player. yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna be nice. We're gonna win three one. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the situation is with him though, but he's a player. Andre, let's let's finish off with you. What what are you going for? Um, I just feel like there's always this cup game where we go to penalties, so. Um, I'm gonna say that we're gonna we're gonna win this one. I'm looking forward to the lineup and seeing who he's he's gonna put on that team sheet. Um, obviously, I'm hoping he's gonna line up a strong team to show us that he really really wants to go far in that in that competition in that tournament. So we'll see. But I mean, I, I can't I can't say that we would draw, go to penalties, or lose. I I'd see us win 100. percent yeah, it's it'll be a, if we if we draw it, there'll it'll be the replay in it, and then after the, the the replay, if we draw it, then then it could go extra time and pens. Jesus. But we, we um, can't afford a replay. I think uh, I, I I I'm gonna listen. I, I completely hear Kane and Scott Hall. Like I genuinely see this as a game that Spurs could lose. We lost to Middlesbrough last year, but I feel like too much mud has been slung by this team. In, in recent weeks and they actually have to start taking shit seriously now. And I, I feel like just because of the, the sheer importance of, of winning when it comes to a manager like Conte, you have to take this seriously. So I feel like if we play a strong team, we should get a result. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Spurs, man. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Spurs. But guys, thank you for, for giving us your time on the pod. It's been a very interesting podcast. Lots of chat and Kane. Conte, the transfer window, etc., etc. Um, for those who are still watching, thank you for tuning in. Um, thanks for the comments. For those who are listening on the audio, make sure to subscribe and follow New Spurs Order, one word across all socials, and make sure to follow Touchline Fracker on all socials. Until then, take care, peace out, and up the Spurs. Debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.